taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the unbuja food and when you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the unbuja food and. Hi folks, this is Wesley Wright, your Unbuji Foodie. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. This is earlier in the week, so I want to, I, you know, just give you an opportunity to make sure that you're following me on a weekly basis. My show is every Saturday right on WEQY uh, at 10 a.m., but I have a very special guest uh, with me today. Her name is Chef Jametta Raspberry, and we're going to be talking about an event that she just recently did. House of Gristle and a collaboration of a night of uh, dinner in, in black. <laughs> so first and foremost, let me give you the information uh, about you know social media for the Unbuji Foodie. You know you can find me on Facebook as the Unbuji Foodie, but also uh, please feel free to uh, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. Instagram is the underscore Unbuji Foodie. And then Twitter is at UnbujiFoodie. Uh, also, there is, I do have a website that I'd like you to invite you to as well, which is theunbujiFoodie.com or www.theunbujiFoodie.com, where you'll see or listen to past episodes as well as be able to uh, read other articles that I've written for a community newspaper. But I really want us to just jump right in. Um, I know folks are very familiar with Chef. Uh, Jermetta Raspberry. I don't want to keep saying that. I won't say this. <laughs> keep saying the same thing over. But I know that they're familiar with you. Uh, you've been on my show uh, a few times before, and I graced us once again with uh, now talking about this event. So please, uh, Dinner in Noir, it's 2019, because this is not the last time this is going to happen, folks. So please tell us a little bit about uh, Dinner in Noir, if you would. I'm humbled by your uh, introduction. You're so funny. <laughs> um, so it was started out as it was kind of an accident um, that I found myself having to commit to. Um, I was asked to cater um, a table for dinner on Blanc um, in the summer, and I brought up some brought some food there and. It was a beautiful event at the Capitol Lawn, um, and of course, being black and excellent, I said, you know, well, why not? Why can't we do it? If it's in white, why can't we do it in black? Um, just to see if it was out there. It's, it's an existing concept nationwide, but when I looked it up, it doesn't exist in Minnesota, and... So I went online and saw if the group name was available, and I went and I held the name. Nice. And 
the plan was to plan <laughs> and and see if this is something that um, I can kind of build on conceptually. Within a few days, it grew um, by group members to about 800 people in about two days. Heck yeah. So it kind Heck of blew yeah. up. Heck yeah. And so at that point, I felt I probably should commit to this. And um, I just set a date. And the, the idea was to for the community to come together. Uh, it was free to participate. But basically, you bring all of your things that you need to dine al fresco outside um, in an undisclosed place. And that location was um, released about an hour before we were to um, dine. So there was an element for a a few months of uh, mystery. People didn't know what it was. It was... I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Lots and lots of questions. What do we do? Where do we go? And pretty much it was, you know, your interpretation of how you wanted to dine, but using the theme black. Um, so just really wear black and set your table up as you see fit. Right. And so House of Grism, I come to host a table, and our theme was... Um, it, well, we eventually had the dinner in Powderhorn Park, yes, which is a beautiful park. Who is? Um, they're doing a lot of things community-wise, um, throwing festivals and, and um, all kinds of events throughout the summer, and trying to draw people near to this park. And I and I kind of, you know, really take an attraction to Powderhorn, so I thought it'd be an awesome place to get started. Um, and so uh, House of Gristle decided to host a table and invite some friends for a ticket price where all you had to do was show up in your black attire and I would take care of the food and the place settings and, and let's see what else. And then simultaneously at the same time, I was coordinating and organizing um, the, the location the time and making sure that the group outside of House of Gristle knew Understood. that they could participate. Um, and my theme ended up being, um, what did I say? Being black on the Orient or black on the Orient. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we had a bit of a, a, a black Asian theme. Um, and it was yeah. so awesome. It really was. I'm sorry to no, interrupt no, no, you great. and everything. But what was one of the, the very first... <laughs> I guess it was, would you consider it an appetizer or something that you gave us? Um, it was the quail eggs. Yeah. Uh, is it deviled quail eggs? or Okay. It was deviled quail eggs. So to, to start, it was me as a, as a creative, as a creative chef, it was an awesome opportunity for, for me to tap into my creative self that I wouldn't otherwise have um, working in a restaurant or maybe catering for someone else. Um, I took the theme black and I ended up exploring black foods and most of black foods are coming I mean food that is literally black Um, they come from the Asian markets and so you know things like seaweed and um, so that was kind of my jump start so going shopping and exploring black foods um, the first 
the first uh, course was deviled quail eggs with black bacon. Um, so it was Taiwanese black bacon. Okay. And that was really cool. It had this like really deep, uh, rich, rich flavor. Yeah, yeah. And I love, love, love quail eggs yes. and deviled eggs. And I thought we could have an abundance of eggs. And it was a great little start. And then experience. And then the black um, that was seaweed. It looked like a, almost like a, a, a nest, yeah. really, yes. with the with the eggs and everything that were there. So that was really really cool, and it was delicious, folks. I'm telling you, if you have not had the opportunity to have an experience like this, um, that was one of the very first dishes that was really really awesome. So, gosh. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about more of the, the other items that were... The, what was the next course? So that was our... The quail eggs was, would be considered our amuse-bouche, was to wet your palate in something super light. Um, and then we got into the essentially the first course, which was a black sesame and shrimp cracker and a salmon tartare with sesame and black sesame oil, black sesame seeds... Um, and some scallion and cilantro. I think I covered all of it. And some uh, concentrated soy sauce, too. Okay. Um, which is pretty much just reduced soy sauce. And you get this rich black color. Um, we use that as a, as our soy uh, element. Nice. You had this big puffy black or puffy sesame or rice cracker it was so good it, it was a, the right i'm gonna we've talked about this word that i'm about to use or we i mentioned it earlier to, uh, in today while we were having lunch but it was the right vehicle for that um for it to marry it together that entire dish right there um and that was you said it was tuna right no or i'm was sorry it, salmon? it was salmon it was salmon okay it was just, it was so good. Yeah, I felt like it could counterbalance the unctuous of, of salmon. Salmon tends to be rich and silky in your mouth. And then you had this light, airy cracker. Um, yeah, that, that played as a vehicle All right. for that. The next one was, um, I'm sorry, the salad. Okay. That salad was what folks were talking about so much. Um, it was just... <laughs> what was in it? I mean, can you? Are you willing to give the secrets? You no know? secrets here. <laughs> it was. But it was so good. It was really delicious. I know Thank I'm you. being joking about that, but um, it was flavorful and that 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 kick and heat that it had. Um, and I know you came by. You were like, hey, you know, you guys. You like it? I'm like, yes, of course we love it. What are you talking about? She's like, oh, it was just a little something I threw together. I'm like, please, can we talk about that a little bit? Because it was so delicious. And folks were coming by from other tables and they were like, what is that? People are talking about this way at the other end of you know these tables about, oh my God, this salad over here is just really good. You all know who made the salad? And of course, we were proud to say Chef Jeanette Raspberry. So, what's in it? What's what in I, it? What I love my, is this joke is that I make salads very well, and there's kind of a dark side to it. It's because, um, you know, women are usually put on first course or the salad station, okay. uh, just in restaurants or whatever. So, it was hard for me in my career to uh, 
promote or get promoted out of first chorus. So I would constantly work the salad station I did for about 10 years in various different restaurants. Um, so if there's not one thing I know, it's I know how to make a salad. And I can make it really well. But really, it, it's, it was using fresh ingredients from the farmer's markets and... Um, treating, I love to treat vegetables or honor vegetables in a way where, you know, you're, you're roasting some things and maybe you blanch some things and you're um, playing around with different textures. So with this, I, you know, I just had some beautiful um, local greens, spring greens and uh, roasted Brussels sprouts. I had asparagus carrots, radish, all these different kinds of vegetables kind of thrown in, but the dressing was a Calabrian pepper ranch, essentially. So, <laughs> and I love Calabrian peppers. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I'm but not. So that's what it, it just caught me by surprise. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like a, a tang and some heat along with it. So, I mean, I'm quite sure that there were other ingredients that helped melt about that, but when you got to that heat, I mean, it was... It was a it's a pleasurable heat, one that it's not it, one that was going to kind of cause you some type of uh, you know frustration because you're like man now I can't really taste things how I really want to. But it was just it was a warm on your palate and it just felt really really good. Yeah, and I feel sometimes you never get like salads are tend to be mild mm -hmm. for us and like you'll, you're kind of surprised when there's spice in okay. a salad and I love playing around with spice and peppers um, I love spicy food I was grown on spicy food and finding a way to implement a, a spice or a pepper um, in ways that we're not used to um, tends to be a, a, ty a type of a technique that I explore further that was yeah, awesome so. It was so good. So it was kind of like my take on what I knew, like, everybody loves ranch. Right. And me being, marrying the two worlds of, of the North Just and like the I'm South. Change that a little <laughs> yeah. bit and add some and kick, kick to kick it that. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you understand. And that exactly. was the direction that I went with it. Oh, man. It was just so good. Okay, so... We saw online, or I saw online, as probably so many other folks, uh, these chicken feet. And parts of chicken, but more so the chicken feet. Now, I personally am a person that is, comes from a more Central American background, so I know about chicken feet. Now, of course, these were black, and it, so I was already intrigued anyway, but it was just like... Yeah, I'm gonna wait to see what she's creating with this. What was that uh, that last dish? So it was what black. Was like, it was black pho. Okay. Yes. Um, and using the ingredients I found from the Asian market to create a dip, deep, rich, black broth. But starting of the protein in it was black chicken, okay. which is also known as silky chicken, um, which is the the uh, what do you call it? The breed of the chicken. Okay. And they're the chickens that have the poofy afros. Ah, I got it. So those are silky chickens, and um, they're all black. From They could actually have white feathers, Okay. but their skin's black, their bones are black, and the meat's black. That's interesting. And this is a, I don't know if it's considered a genetic mutation, but a mutation uh, over time. Maybe it's geographical, but they are completely melanated chickens. 
melanated. So, <laughs> so taking, so taking black and being black and excellent. You know, I just, I was like, I was so attracted to using this product. And if you ever get an opportunity to eat black chicken, even on its own, it's it's free range. It's organic, just by the way it's grown. Okay. Um, probably the best chicken you could eat. It's not messed with. Um, it why is that? Do you think? Why is what? Why it's the best chicken, if you would, because of all of that. Because of those, okay. like uh, outside, it hasn't been commercialized. Got it. The reason why it hasn't been commercialized, and you can look further into that of someone eating or being afraid of eating something black. We're more attracted to the lighter colored poultry. That's oh what we, that's what we've been conditioned to eat, and. Um, but it's, it's a delicacy in other countries. I think that we need to eat more of it. Okay. Um, to kind of drive that industry away from... Thinking uh, that way? Yeah, yeah. From these commercially produced um, chickens or poultry. And so, you know, this is much more leaner, safer for the environment. And uh, I thought and I feel that it tastes... Way better than regular chicken. So well, it sure tastes good in the uh, the pho that you made. That's yeah, for sure. and so I used the feet and the backs and the heads to flavor the broth. The broth was um, a beef, pork, bone, and chicken bone broth with. Um, I used some some nori. I used a lot of flav- flavorings in the traditional pho and just kind of uh, tried to create my own broth and yeah and married everything together what did you personally think of the event itself because you know how I feel already about it well you missed a course which is the uh, did I your birthday cake which I thought was the funniest no I did I did have some (laughs) didn't I yeah no 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 I'm saying you missed missed, oh my goodness we have to talk about the um, sorry the uh (laughs) what do you call them rice krispie treats with Seaweed. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Please let's and talk it about was, that. And it was it was fun to do and super simple to do. Although it leaves you this like seaweed um, maybe aftertaste or whatever. But if you're looking for a full like combination of flavors of salty, sweet, uh, umami, and whatever dessert, it was a great way and super simple way. To, to get those things together, which is really Rice Krispie Treats with seaweed. It, it was good. Yeah. I honestly thought, and I think I knew that it was seaweed, but it sure didn't taste like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was wonderful. It almost seemed like it was just like this caramel-type mm-hmm. layer that was on Rice Krispie Treats. You know, so, I mean, it, it was nice to have these little finger, small... Small enough. Uh, finger size or, or pieces, mouth size pieces, I'll put it that way, that you could bite on and get that sweetness. And then there was that little hint of, of something extra. But it was it was so delicious. I did forget about that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. almost, almost busy with other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, well. it was a great event that I felt, um, again, you can kind of lose yourself in. And I haven't, not knowing how big it was going to be. I think we ended up with around 200 people. I didn't count them all, but um, shout out to Jamian who helped me 
promote the event, but um, when I walked up and I maybe was about a half hour behind schedule, but most of the people had came and already set up. Okay. And to see the tables connected, to see black people, white people together, all dressed in black, um, how other people interpreted the event, I literally got choked up. I did not know. I thought it was just going to be us. <laughs> and I was prepared for that. I was prepared for it to just be us and our table, and we were going to have a blast, but for um, the community to, to support something new and a, and a want to do something and dine differently, it was really validating and gave me hope for like what House of Gristle is really about is um, building something within the community and, and exploring new ways to dine um, over food and, and connect over food. That's really important for me um, that we continue to explore different ways outside of just going to a restaurant and sitting down and having this transactional thing. You guys know House of, House of Bristol. That's what, you know, that's what it's all about, is connecting. Exactly. But then, too, to know that, the, I mean, the community really wants it. I, I mean, they are like, okay, when is the next one? Or please keep me on whatever mailing list you need to, you know, keep us up to date because we want this to continue on uh, as an annual thing. Yeah. And it was exciting. I mean, I had brought a friend along with me, and she's like, I, I personally had never been to anything like this, and I was like, I need to have some of the friends come and experience this. So when I invited her, and we were walking up, she's like, Wesley, wow, there's a lot of people here. You know, look at these tables. And we were both surprised, and I, I don't want to say shocked, because... Surprise is probably the best thing, if anything, because it was more of, this is an incredible event. I mean, here people are coming together and having an opportunity to enjoy food together. You know, from, I want to, I'm not trying to be sappy about it, but just kind of like all walks of life. I mean, at that, during that time period, it was like no social or economical class differences. It was just everybody all dressed in black, really there to have a really good time and enjoy some really good food and meet new people. And I'm like, I'm, I'm all for that. I was all for that. Yeah. We're going to stick with it and grow it every year. I like the idea of it being kind of the uh, turn of the season event right we we summers are packed with all kinds of things everything festivals whatever this is something where it's not cold yet i mean i brought a heater which i won't bring i'm gonna bring more next year it seemed like everybody was like (laughs) gathering around yeah and just like oh my goodness who was smart enough to bring a heater you know it was it almost became like a little focal point up to one point where people were like sparklers and everything and yeah. coming around and yeah it was it was wonderful I'm I would love to you. keep having elements to to have people draw draw near draw close um, to anything that I am doing of to course. me to feel the love and for everyone to feel the love that I feel when I walk you know when I go out and explore um, new things it's really important I do want to shout out Prairie Organic Vodka oh my 
goodness and, and nice. Rhiannon. Okay, so my team, I'm sorry. Like you're, you're okay, yes, please. Talk Amani, about your team. Amani, my sous chef, is incredible. She's always there holding me up. And um, we have Austin, who's just kind of the the muscle of the group, you know, setting that the table. That was tables. nice meeting him, yeah, too. That yeah. was cool. He's, he's squad. I had Beth, who... All of these people, we kind of are all busy in the industry. I had this idea. I committed to it and didn't know what it was going to take to pull off. And to call on these professionals um, and say, hey, whatever you want to bring to the table, bring it. Definitely. And so Beth went out and she procured all of the table settings and created this beautiful table on, on a whim. Just right then and there. It wasn't, you know, super, like, planned. And then Rhiannon from Prairie Organic Vodka uh, made adult Capri Suns. It was the bomb, folks. <laughs> if y'all have not seen this. It's so I had, cool. I have pictures online yes. and everything, but it was just like... Yeah, I, I took a picture of it, and uh, I mean, I tried to get those pops of color, those red, uh, were, they, were they red sunflowers or berry daisies? Whatever they were, they were just wonderful pops of color on a black uh, canvas, canvas, if you would. Yeah. And then you see this adult juice box here with a straw in it, and then something over here, and you're like, good lord, yeah. what, what's going on at this this event, it was so nice. It really was. So Mag- there's magic and collaboration, yes, and it is. House of Gristle isn't a, a one-person thing. It's it's a collaborative collaboration of all people. Anybody can always join me, and we'll we'll show our artistry and our creativity through connecting and over food. Exactly. So it's super cool to see that come into fruition. It was a it was a wonderful chosen park or location. I gotta say again, it was a an experience that I've never had before. I've definitely seen um, I you know you referred to it before dinner in blanc, I believe, but then this is dinner in noir. I have never I've always wondered you know how is this gonna work out you know where all these groups of people are coming together with you know bringing their own tables chairs this and that and so on and it seems like you would focus so much more on that rather than having a really good time I appreciate the fact that you kind of like took that level out of the picture so that we could just come together and enjoy ourselves and really enjoy food so thank you all so much for putting that together it was really I guess it just gave people an opportunity to walk around and talk and chat and, and meet one another and just made it heighten the event even more so so thank you very much and I thank you for coming out and oh supporting gosh. that uh, brand new idea but I want to kind of say something about what I thought was really spectacular please was um when the last course came out, the sun had went down and the moon had came up over the cityscape, <laughs> and we were dining in black. Hey, we were. We took dinner in noir, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and that was so for me was like a sensory experience. Right. Um, even though I was kind of not at the well, I made sure I sat down, but um, to see everyone dining in an unconventional way right. with the lights out 
we didn't have to worry about any of that. No one could go anywhere. You couldn't, you know, if you wanted to complain, and it was too dark to notice. But whatever. I just thought it was, that was the best part, is it being completely pitch black. And the light of the city was the only thing that um, lit our table, really. That's true. And candles. Very, very true. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for talking about that event. Uh, before we go on, I want to, again, remind everyone that, you know, you can listen to my show every Saturday at 10 a.m. right on WEQY. Um, as you can hear, there are a lot of stuff going on in the background right now while we're conducting the interview or while we're just sitting here chatting. So I want to give a huge shout-out to Indeed Brewery. Um, they've given us the opportunity to just kind of come and have a little chat. Uh, but we really wanted to talk about um, the event and, and with food. So um, I believe his name is Jim is the manager, if I'm not mistaken. So Jim, thank you very, very much. Um, once again, that's uh, Indeed Brewery. Or brew- Am I saying it right? Brewery. Brewery, yeah. It's a hard word. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's now... Uh, I wanted us to kind of like continue on just we were having a conversation earlier today um, in lunch and we were just talking about what can we do to further the experience of talking about food and focusing more attention on those that don't have an opportunity to be at the table and what, what were you about to say? Say it. Feel safe. No? Go ahead. I want you to. I have to pee. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when that happens? <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's hilarious. I love it. No. Did I ruin it? No, you didn't. So <laughs> we'll take a small break and we'll be right back, folks. Tune into my show, The Unboozy Foodie, each week as I offer my reviews and suggestions of new and exciting food spots in Eastside St. Paul and the surrounding areas. Saturdays at 10 a.m. only on WEQI, the voice of the East Side. Okay, and we're back. Oh, my goodness. You know, once again, I want to thank... Indeed, Brewery, for allowing us to be here and having these conversations. Um, you know, I think it's really unique that I'm able to go out and hear, have the atmosphere and know that it's always in a studio, other than hearing that it's always in a studio. Um, it really does let you all know that I am out here trying to get people's feedback and their opinions and so forth, because it matters. Um, I really want this show to represent... Um, a real person's perspective. You know, if you have any comments and so forth, please feel free to give me a, sh- a shout uh, you know, by email or if you'd like to leave a message on my Facebook page, please do so. My email is the un- uh, at, e- at gmail.com. I was going to say at email.com. Sorry. <laughs> but again, the unbougiefoodie at gmail.com. Um, you know, you could reach me by, again, Facebook, which is the Unboozy Foodie. But we were about to go into a conversation um, on, again, how is it that we can focus more on bringing attention to people that don't have that accessibility of coming to uh, having food when they need to. Uh, and even in events like this, you know, we talked about 
people from all different social or economic classes were all there. We were all dressed, you know, in effect, all in black, to really enjoy the time. But, I mean, how important is that to you? What, what things do you feel that we as a community can do to actually bring that more to the forefront or into focus? Um, accessibility is extremely important. That is why I um, started my brand, um, is to be aware, number one, that going out to eat or dining out is kind of a, a luxury really and a privilege. Is. And it's something that shouldn't be taken for granted. And I think that when you own an in, a restaurant institution, you have to survive. So you you um, you sustain on people going out to eat more often. Um, and so what I want to do is kind of bring it back and say we get the most value for our money um, out of these special events. Right. And, and that I respect that everyone can afford to eat out every day. And so if you're going to come and dine with me, um, that that's really important for me. Like, I'm not taking that for granted. I want you to have a once-in-a-lifetime experience or a once-a-quarter experience or whatever it is, um, and that you're getting more value than you know, fast food or, or whatever, that this is something really, really spectacular and you deserve. You work hard, you play hard, and hopefully you can combine everything in one night where you're eating good food, you're drinking good drinks, and you're dancing the night away. Okay. Like that, those three elements um, foster connection, foster um, community building, and um, brings us closer. Nobody... When you have those elements, care about our divides and our divisiveness. You're, I think, at your most vulnerable state. Um, and if we are, you know, vulnerable, we make connections, very genuine connections with each other. Um, and they are more meaningful. They last a long time. Yada, yada, yada. Um, how we can start having that conversation is... Know, people like you and platforms like you that are bringing people that are doing things either differently but or not or um, unconventional or these places that we don't really know about that you're shining a light on that um, and that we start keeping our ear um, and pulse on the work that you're doing as opposed to not necessarily uh, what we're used to. I mean, I, I love these, like, magazines that kind of let us know or these, um, the ones that you might get when you're walking out of a cafe. They're free or whatever. You know who I'm talking about. That'll let you know, <laughs> let you know what's going on yeah. or whatever. But there's there's still different, there's different people. There's and different, different opinions. And different opinions. Yes. So, um, I think that if we invest more um, in that, and then if I can continue to be supported from the community with the values that I have, I'm here for the people. I don't have, I do not come from money. I am a chef from the back of the house, and I've been doing this for a very, very, very long time. So I know, like, 
when I have my 50 bucks or when I have my 100 bucks that I got to make this work and make a stretch and I really hope and pray that it's going to be a good night right, and exactly. I can't afford to risk it you know and uh, I, I want to be that provider I want to be someone you can trust where you'll know I'm going to take care of you food's going to be good Music's going to be great, you know, and you can let your hair down and relax and be, feel like you're completely taken care of um, and continuously offering something different and unique every single time, something brand new. When it comes down to um, seeing someone, mm-hmm. I learned a word uh, I'm taking something from my everyday job or Monday through Sunday through Thursday. Employment. Um, it's called Sawabona. Sawabona is a Zulu word that um, is Come said to. Come on, huh? well, it's, preach. It's it's a Zulu word that uh, means I see you, mm-hmm. and you know I. You know, it's in. They taught. They helped us understand that through our diversity and inclusion um, leadership, and using that word. You truly, it's not just physically that you're seeing someone, but you're recognizing who they are specifically in, you're recognizing who they are um, through and through. I mean, and you're seeing them for their color, their, their purpose, not just someone that's taking up space. Um, you're considering their, their food, their cuisine, um, their... Uh, their livelihood, what they do, um, and that's why I feel that this also needs to that needs to also be said as well in our community um, when we do actually see one another. And again, this is another part that I've learned is that uh, when, as though I were, if you said that to me, you know, I would then say to you, "Yewu sawuna," means uh, I also see you as well. You know, and, and that's something that when you say Sawabuna to someone, you're not going to walk away without that person really acknowledging that I see you and we see each other, basically, for who we are, what we do, and that also needs to be part of our community. I know I, I sound a little bit preachy and everything like that, but uh, it's something that just kind of like resonated with me for whatever reason. And I'm not one to say that I know any Zulu words and everything, but it was, I thought that it it needs to be part of what we're doing right now. So when it comes down to, I'll say, food reviews, I think everyone's perspective needs to be taken into consideration and not just one, I guess, type of individual. It should be everyone because everyone's palate isn't the same. I'm like, okay. We we were just recently at a restaurant called um, Chimborazo. Now, some folks may not have gone there, or maybe they have. I really enjoy it, and I'm not just saying that. I, it makes me think of home. I, it makes me connect to my Latin roots. Yes, I am Latin or uh, Afro Latino, um, but it makes me appreciate everyone's type of cuisine and know that everyone needs to be seen. Um, I was reading an article just recently that, who was it? I think it was, it wasn't, gosh, it was a, a Asian cuisine, a Asian 
was it Filipino or Thai? Filipino. You know, they were like, we're, we're taking back our, taking you know, back the cuisine. our, our cuisine. And I was just like, this is interesting. What, can you speak to that or can you understand? I can, I mean, I can not, speak to, hold on. I, I had the best chef I've ever worked with. Uh-huh. His name is Jed Simon. Okay. He's at, ooh, I don't know where he's at now, but he's at Tenant, maybe. Okay. He's a most talented person I've ever worked with in my life and he is a ball of energy and he's Filipino and I remember he wanted to get the um, wanted to get chicken adobo on Tilia's menu Okay. and he fought hard and hard and hard to get it there and he was turned down nope, nope, nope and then it got on the menu and it changed I saw there was a change in the direction of where this entire establishment was going. Okay. They kind of opened up a little bit. But also for him, it was so important for him to get his kind of food on that menu because he couldn't even access his own food. And that's one dish. Locally. That's one, one dish. Exactly. One. And not that this establishment turned into a Filipino establishment, right. but it opened up those that customer base to say, oh, wow, I didn't know, number one, that this was Filipino. And then we had more and more, even after that, Apoy had had opened. Right. Um, I think they're Filipino, right? I don't yes. know. I don't know. Um, but there's more Filipino restaurant restaurants opening. Um, that conversation about them taking back the, their cuisine is a conversation that we all need to have. Exactly. Um, as a as a black chef, uh, me thinking or, or knowing that American cuisine was was created by black chefs, was created by black cooks, um, and the things that we eat right now, it really pains me that we are pushed out of of recognition and restaurants historically for what we have done to build the types of cuisines that we see today. And to feed the nation. And feeding the and nation. Feed the nation. <laughs> and feeding our presidents. Yeah. And feeding our armies and military. We were the backbone of everyone eating for centuries. Yeah. And it it just really hurts to hear that now in 2019 we're starting movements to take back cuisines to build platforms that should have been built for us. It is a shame, though, that we that it is at that level of or now at this point where we feel that we have to do that. You know, we're I don't know. It, it, I, I don't want to again sound overdramatic about it, but it's almost seeming like we took a few steps, a few centuries back, and now it's kind of starting all over or maybe not that no you're right you're right i what i do know is that um industry wise the restaurant industry is the last one to evolve okay we're we're what i've been told are about 50 years behind other industries so it might not be 50 years but we will always be the last one to grow got it it's because we are the largest uh private sector um Industry and we employ um, the most diverse amount of people, without, um, with with the exception to uh, management, 
authority and ownership. And so we are the ones that are pushing the cuisines forward, but we're not getting recognition. And now it gets lost between cooking it and owning it. And as we start to progress and go forward and be able to tell and say, we're going to reclaim and take back. Oh, I don't say take back. I say reclaim. You know, I, I don't need to take anything. No. You know. That's already mine. Exactly. So I'm going to just go ahead and hand in my coat check ticket yep. and give me my coat back. That's what I feel like I'm doing. And so I can be warm in the winter. I don't know. Analogy <laughs> gone on for way too long. Uh, nope, it was so, a good analogy. So, Thank you. But what we have to keep saying, or, or, or it's, ha- it's creating that language around it and educating each person every time that they go out to eat. Um, you know, you think you're you're choosing by types of cuisine, which is racially divided. That is American cuisine is global cuisine, period, period. But we live in and are rooted in divisiveness, and so we need to change our language. Those people, people of color, need to step up, reclaim their space, say scooch over, or I don't want to take from you, but I I, I want to contribute. I want to contribute. I, they've been contributing. So if, that, if that's the case, then I want to be acknowledged in my contributions that yeah. I have. and it's our social responsibility to do so. And to recognize that it is. Mm-hmm. Understood. And so as, uh, which going back to I see you is you're doing that. And that is leaps and bounds between anybody else that's doing that locally around here. And it's extremely important. For the progressive, for the progression of our country, like it's that deep. So don't be afraid to get deep. It's it's much needed right now. We know the uh, social and economic as or where we are right now. We know where we're at. Let's. It doesn't need too much more attention because it's consuming our lives right now. Exactly. I but now we it. have a responsibility to resolve and tie those loose ends together, and that's just like. We're all on an equal playing field. No one's better than anybody else. And you deserve. If you're Filipino and you want a restaurant, have it. Exactly. If I, I'm a black woman and I want to create a space, I deserve that. My ancestors worked really extremely hard for that. And the type of food that you want to cook. That I'm not I trying cook. to placate to anyone, you know, just to try to get the, their approval. But hey, I want to have a restaurant that I create something based on my culture yeah. you know what I was raised on what 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 my heritage is you know, it's I, I'm excited about what the future holds um, for you for House of Gristle um, you are a motivating factor for many a person I mean even myself I'm not really in the food industry per se um, I'm on the roundabout skirts but glad to be talking about food with you and many others but uh, it motivates me to keep going on because I want to be there to taste the food sorry <laughs> I want to be able to taste all these uh, the creative you know dishes that come past my way or I'm invited to or whatever so I'm excited about all of that for you um, what do you have in the future? 
if you don't I mean I'm not saying divulge anything but you know I don't have any I don't hold the cards close to my chest yeah. I never did if you, if you know me you know that my business is your business um but yes I'm very much interested well first and foremost I'll be at the new market which is a market that showcases black-owned businesses. What? And that is going to be at Juxta, Juxta Position on the north side next, this weekend. Sorry, I don't know the date. I'll get it. Um, we'll get it for y'all. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing something there, having some sort of presence there. But And then after that, I'll be at the Powderhorn Culinary Arts Show. That I'm is really excited about October that. October 19th. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be super fun, free for everybody. So, oh. yeah. Someone will be able to be here yeah. and come along. Yeah, come up. <laughs> Hopefully, there'll be good weather. If not, I'm sure it's rain or shine. That's all right. Um, for November, I'm working on a Friendsgiving with some... Um, really popular chef <laughs> wait till I get it when I get it nailed down I'll say who it is uh-huh. I don't want to uh, no, pull no. them into something I, and all of a sudden you know I get a knock at my door <laughs> and be like um excuse me yeah. what were you talking about on your show so we're so we're talking about doing a Friendsgiving for November watch out for that and then I'm working on this one is for sure we lost a chef in the industry to suicide um, his name is Colin Anderson, and he um, he passed away uh, two weeks ago, and we have a bunch of chefs collaborating to do a benefit dinner um, November 11th, and that's going to be at the food building, and it really is for anyone in the restaurant industry, it's, you're welcome to get a reduced ticket price. And anyone who wants to support the restaurant industry um, workers and bringing awareness to mental illness and toxic work environments and um, all of those things which we are exposing and bringing to light, which I'm really, really, really excited about um, because we're so, so far behind that people don't know. We glorify chefs, but they are, they are hurting and they are suffering because majority of their lives they've made minimum wage or less than minimum wage, and they're working, um, you know, 60 to 70 hours a week, sometimes for free. Um, they're not getting promoted. They're not getting recognition. Their uh, personal lives are suffering. I raised two kids in the industry. I know how hard this is, um, and I, I'm just like super thankful for like my support system and just kind of my perspective on on life and I really really love what I do but it could have took me down no, so I understand you know I'm not trying I don't want to end this no no, know, no don't end it there no 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 I, I'm not <laughs> but it is a very important point to actually have that type of conversation because and it shouldn't just be because we see a celebrity chef take their own life. There are so many others that, you know, in, you know, within your community that are struggling because of just the pressures that they might be under. Not, and I shouldn't say might be under, but the pressures that they are under. So, it really is important for us to, to consider 
those that are even close to us, within our communities, within our neighborhoods, restaurants that we go out to and everything. And, you know, be kind to people when you are at, you know, at, you know having dinner. I mean, people, they have, I, I don't want you can speak to this more than anything. I'm just making an assumption. A restaurant could have a bad night. A chef could have a bad night. A server could have a bad night. You never know what that person might be actually faced with, what they're dealing with. You know, be, I don't know, be gracious when you go out and know that, okay, they didn't have to be there. That restaurant didn't have to be there. Here, a chef or a business owner or whatever is providing a space for you to be able to come out and enjoy some food because you might be too lazy to cook at home. <laughs> say, say that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Say that. I'm just saying. That's or, right. You know, for whatever reason. You're right. You know, okay. We, oh. we, all, we all go through that. So be gracious and know that people are going through stuff. I'm glad that you're bringing more attention to that. And my thought, I'm going to be kind of personal. I didn't know, and I was going to ask you probably off mic if you would. What can I do as an individual? And you can tell me later or whatever the case is, but what type of things can I do to be supportive and try to find out? I don't want to do it in a, in a way of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like I'm patronizing them and like, hey, you know, you need to talk. I mean, I want people to know that I do care, you know, but you know, is there something that a, a regular person could actually do aside from going to the restaurant and saying, oh, I'm, I'm being supportive, I'm going to their restaurant. That's not always it. I mean, sometimes somebody needs a shoulder to, to cry on or to, to talk to and be like, hey, you want to not necessarily have a drink, but hey, you know, when that. I don't smoke, but you want to have a smoke? Or, you know, sure. that you know, to just to talk. Yeah. Is there something that the regular man, woman, can actually do to help support chefs as they're going through these different times? So many things you can do. I would namely say your advice on being kind when you do go out to these establishments is extremely important and takes a little pressure off the burden of having to serve people every day and servitude that we're in. Right. You want to make people happy and we don't know how to make everyone happy. Of course. So being kind to each other, period, is just a good philosophy. Um, I think the other thing, too, is don't just go out to eat, just go out to eat. Know where you're eating at. Right. And it's your responsibility, if you care, to find out if that establishment is taking care of their employees That's you're supporting with your dollars very important point. so if you that. are at a place and you're you're giving money just based on it being a popular place or you're giving money based on way the way that they conduct themselves as a holistic business okay. i think we need to be spending our money differently make sure that they're paying a fair wage make sure that they're taking care of you otherwise i'm sorry they don't deserve to, to have an establishment. We need to stop patronizing places that exploit their workers. If we all knew what was going on under the, under the table, majority of us wouldn't dine there. And that's the power that you have, that a regular person has. The other thing is there's an organization called Fair Kitchens. Donating to them 
um, donating to places like Eat for Equity, any sort of organizations that's looking to redefine um, where our money is flowing through our food service okay. establishment. Fair Kitchens is doing a lot of research and work into what it's going to really take to build a positive, healthy work environment in restaurants. Um, we're not anywhere close, anywhere near that. We'll hear about one or two, but we're talking about the largest private sector. They're everywhere. Restaurants are everywhere. So um, we need to start supporting the places that we know to be honest, transparent, positive work environments and healthy work environments. Support those each and every single time. And until then, maybe you don't go out to eat. Yeah. Learn to cook at home. Learn to cook at home. <laughs> or you can call House Grizzly and, and I will cook for you all the time. It doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small. Oh I will I will do that for you because you, I want you to have a great time. But I really, really, truly value um, redefining how we eat and how we're spending our money and how we're building these restaurants. We have a lot, a lot of work to do. I'm only one person. Um, I'm taking my little chunk out and, and seeing what I can do as an activist, as a food activist. But um, And also just call me if you have questions or send me an email if you have questions. On, is this a good place? Not, you know, what do you know? I will, as much as I can, she give you that give you the real. I'm going to give you the real. <laughs> Point just, blank, period. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that's it. Oh, my goodness. This has been a wonderful time and, uh, you know, for this conversation. Um, we've had good food. We've enjoyed uh, our opportunity to go to uh, a brewery. Uh, again, I want to give a shout out to Indie Brewery for giving us the opportunity and the space to just kind of like have this conversation, enjoy the atmosphere, and kind of let you all hear what's going on in Indeed. I don't want to cut you off, but the Mexican honey uh, beer I was just is about to ask. insane. It's so, so good. Yes, exactly. So, once again, uh, I want to. To show my appreciation to you and say thank you so much for sitting down with me as always. Um, again, folks, I want to invite you. Please make sure that you're listening to my show every Saturday, right here on ten, uh, right at, at ten a.m. Uh, every Saturday, right on WEQY. Know that you can uh, reach out to me if you have questions or comments uh, by sending me uh, an email. That is the unbougiefoodie at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, and uh, again, I invite you to visit my website, which is www.theunbougiefoodie.com. Uh, you'll hear past episodes. Uh, I know that I always am recording my show, so if you want to get caught up, that's the best way to do it. Make sure you go out and visit the website. But we are coming to the end of the show. Chef Jumera, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, Dinner in Noir 2020. 2020, 2020. <laughs> if you ain't there, you square. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know. It's some kind of weird way to say it. Can I say just stay up to date with Ed House yeah. of Crystal on Instagram and Facebook? Uh, definitely. Yeah. What other social media? Because I'm House of Bristle on Facebook. Ooh. Chef Chef Raspberry is my personal handle. You're gonna know all my business on that. We uh, love it. Family life and stuff. Yes. But <laughs> but uh, House of Bristle, I'll keep you up to date. 
that's it. Please do. So as I end every show, I want to encourage everyone, please know that when it comes to food, you know, no one can tell you what kind of food you to be. It, because really, it is all about the food. And until next time, folks, peace and taste it. Sit on down with the unbougie food day.